Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ at Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to help get us into God's Word a little bit each day, about 12 minutes or so. And in doing so, to help give us a better focus on the day by helping us to focus on our souls, on our spiritual lives, on our relationship with God, to think about how we deal with life from a spiritual perspective. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can, literally everybody, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. By so doing, you may help somebody turn their lives around to start thinking about their souls, their spiritual well-being or lack thereof, their relationship with God. You may help get them on the path that ultimately will lead them to eternal life in heaven. Think what an impact you can have on them. Think what a tremendous influence for eternal good you can be in their lives, simply by starting to share these short studies with them. Now again, you can do that through Facebook friends, you can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. Share with everybody you can. We're, going, we're continuing in our study of the restoration plea for the Lord's church. The church has been corrupted on the face of this earth. That's a simple, straightforward, and factual statement. We have all kinds of denominations out there that call themselves by different names, most of them not what the church is referred to in the New Testament scriptures. They have all kinds of conflicting doctrines, not only with each other, but also with what the New Testament teaches doctrinally. They have digressed from the pattern that God has laid out for the church, what he designed the church to be, how he designed the church to teach, how he designed the church to conduct itself. We need to stop that. We need to get back and restore the original. That's what restoration means, restoring the original. And so the restoration plea, as it applies to the church, says, let us speak where the Bible speaks. Let us be silent where the Bible is silent. Don't add to God's word. Don't take away from God's word. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. And let us call Bible things by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways. That ought to be good enough for us. God did not design his church to be brought up to date, made more relevant, to fit the culture of the day from generation to generation. The way he designed it originally fits every culture of every generation. And where that culture needs to make changes, God's church, the teachings of his scriptures, the New Testament gospel of Christ is designed to make those changes properly in the lives of people. Let us restore the church as it was in the days of the apostles. Now we've looked at already three implications of the restoration plea. First, 
it implies that God had a plan for the church. No question about that. We studied the scriptures. He had a plan. Still has a plan. The restoration plea also implies that God expects us to continue to follow his plan. No question about that. Again, we're not to add to his word. We're not to take away from his word. We looked in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, where Paul rebuked the churches of Galatia for having listened to, and maybe they were on the teetering point of embracing a different gospel. And Paul said, that is not the true gospel. Whenever we change the gospel, it is no longer the gospel. Whenever we change the design of the church that God sent his son to establish on this earth, it is no longer the church that God sent his son to establish on this earth by God's design. The third implication is that man left God's pattern. That's the concept, the principle of restoration, needing to be restored, needing to be brought back to the original. And that's what restoring means, brought back to the original. Now, we kind of lose distinctiveness through generic references. We talked about that. We talk about facial tissue as being Kleenex, but not all facial tissue is Kleenex. That's a brand name. We talk about gelatin dessert being Jello, but it's not all Jello. That's a brand name, a specific brand name. Any clear sticky tape that we use to hold things onto other surfaces, we say Scotch tape, but it's not all Scotch tape. That's a brand name. Carbonated drinks. Some people say, well, that's a Coke or that's a cold drink. But not all carbonated drinks are cold drinks and not all carbonated drinks are Cokes. Any adhesive bandage that we use to, to cover a scratch or a cut on our skin, we say a Band-Aid, but it's not all a Band-Aid. Again, that's a brand name. Today, the words Christian and Christianity have become equally generic to those references, those illustrations we just looked at. Once brand names were for a definite product, but they are now used for any kind of vague reference, even though it is not really that particular item or product. Well, the same thing is true about the church. Once the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 16 and verse 16, the churches of Christ greet you or salute you, referred to in various other terms, but very few. But those specific references have been taken and they have been changed. Most churches that call themselves Christian, they do not go by any name by which the New Testament scriptures refer to the church. Why not? Why the change? Is that right? It's not scriptural, at least not according to the scriptures. 
In the minds of some, the rigid New Testament ethical code is now, or at least should be, fluid and accommodating to the culture of the day, the thinking of the day. Doctrines that in Bible times were black and white are now gray and faded or done away with altogether. Practices that were then commanded are now optional or simply have been dismissed altogether. For instance, the creed book of the largest Protestant denomination states, it is most likely that in the apostolic age, when there was but one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and no differing denominations existed, the baptism of a convert by that very act constituted him a member of the church and at once endowed him with all the rights and privileges of full membership. In that sense, baptism was the door into the church. Now it is different. Interesting. So that is the creed book for the largest Protestant denomination. And it says now what was obvious and understood and followed in Old and New Testament times, it's all different now? Who gave whoever wrote that book, who gave them the authority to change what the Bible says about how the church should be, what it should believe, what it should teach, what it should practice, and how it should conduct itself. Why is it different today? Why is that okay, that thought? God has not changed. God has not changed his mind. God has not sent us a new New Testament to say, okay, here's the updated version now. (laughs) Men have usurped the authority of God by not belonging, that, that, does, that usurpation, that authority does not belong to them. They've changed God's church into something different from what God designed it to be and how it was originally established upon this earth. Do you think God does not want us to return to his original vision and plan and design and pattern? For his church? Do you think it's okay to turn it upside down and inside out? And that's pleasing to God? Of course not. Of course not. We need to respect God's will communicated to us in God's word. We need to be students of his word and followers of his word. We need to restore the original, the church, as God designed it to be from the beginning. Let's pray. God, please guide us to respect your design for the church and guide us to be determined to as best we can to the best of our understanding as we study your pattern, your design in the scriptures to be dedicated 
to restore your church as you designed it to be on this earth. Guide us to be that church with all respect to you, Father, and to you be the glory. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.